Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm delighted that we're joined today by Morton Bond. Morton uh, works for Lego Group and has a great history of working in graphic design, but also a great backstory. And I think that uh, when you learn a bit more about what Morton's done and some of the things that he's done with Lego Group, uh, I, I think that you're going to really enjoy this chat today. So, so Morton, great to have you with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and how you came to be in the field of talking about accessibility and disability? Yeah. I, um, my name is Morten, obviously, and, and uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me here. I've been, uh, been uh, looking forward to it. And uh, I am a, a senior art director. That is my title, and I, I work for the uh, Lego agency, which is the internal setup, uh, communication setup in uh, the Lego group. And um, yeah, I've been there for 12 years and um, writing stories about the heroes of Lego City, and um, which has been a, a, quite a, a wonderful and amazing journey. And um, the reason why I am, you know, <laughs> how can you say this? Uh, you know, in 2002, I was uh, diagnosed with a with a rare genetic disorder called retinitis pigmentosa, which is a um, genetic eye disorder that slowly makes you go blind. And uh, the way that works is that you slowly, over the years, uh, lose your vision in, in a tunnel almost. So, so today I have almost, this is just uh, to show you, this is how I see today. So I have to sort of aim at specifically what I want to look at. And then I can actually see it fairly well. But, you know, it, a lot of things that I that I don't see. So I come across as someone who can see, but, you know, most of what's out there, I don't see. So that that's kind of uh, that's kind of strange. So, so you can say that uh, involuntarily, I've been dragged into the field of accessibility because I'm kind of I have to sort of familiarize myself with with what's out there, what's available, and how can I train myself to, you know, do a lot of things despite of becoming blind. So, so that was a that was a real short version. <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. And, and uh, what's interesting is, of course, we working in the field, we're familiar with RP, um, which is obviously the short name for retinitis pigmentosa. But you're right, it is quite a, a rare condition. But but I, funnily enough, I've worked with quite a lot of people in the graphic design field with RP. So okay. um, so I, I guess you know you've, you've you've also written a book. And yep. you, when when we talked before, you also talked a little bit about the the sort of sense of you know what's going to happen when my work is so visual, and the one thing that I'm losing is the thing that's connected to my work. So, so so so, so how did you initially deal with that process, and then what came, and at what point did you decide I need to write a book about this? Um, I th in 2002, I was diagnosed, and then back then, the my my str strategy was to just ignore it. Like I was 29, and you know, being told that you were going to be blind is like, I, I, I get out of here. I don't I don't want to hear this. So I just uh, pretended that that was not the case, and and I just continued life. Uh, and um, and and the sneaky thing with with 
RP is that it just sneaks in on you. You don't, if you're not really aware, it just slowly becomes more and more difficult to live. And and basically that was what happened to me because I wasn't, a, I, I wasn't able to f- feel myself through all those years. So in 2016, I totally crashed and burned with stress and, uh, and depression and, um, and, and I didn't even know why I had to go to the ophthalmologist and he looked at me and, and he, he made this eye test and he said, are you, are you aware uh, that you are legally blind? And I said, Oh no, I'm, I'm not. He said, okay, you, you have four degrees of vision left. And if you have less than 10 degrees, then you are legally blind. And I said, Oh, and then I asked, can, can that somehow be related to the stress and the, the depression and all that? And said, of course, what, what are you doing? You know, I'm an art director working with visual and graphic design. He said, what? I, oh, my God. <laughs> you, you must be kind of a superhero or whatever. And said, I never really saw it like that because I always felt that I was lacking behind and I was the slow guy and I had to do everything, you know, um, prepare much more but actually yeah you're kind of right that's 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 pretty insane being legally blind and then work with communication visual communication so 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 i I stopped and i looked at myself and and i i realized that you know i couldn't change that i was becoming blind that was just a given but then i said to myself can i can i somehow train myself to change my perspective on becoming blind and um that was easier said than done. So I had to take myself through a, a long process where I got into meditation, mindfulness, uh, meditation, you know, uh, neuroscience, biology, physics, you know, everything that I get, could get my hand on that would help me to figure out how could I change this this um, autopilot that I had who always saw problems in relation to me losing sight. And, uh, and I said, you know, what I quickly learned was that if you want to change behavior, you have to, you know, repeat it over and over again. I said, writing a book is going to be a massive repetition project. So let's, let's delve, dive into that. And, and that became the, the, the book, Sentence to Blindness, Now What? A Journey from Hopelessness Street to Possibility Road. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's out now. When did Morton? When did the book come out? Well, in Denmark, it came out in nineteen September nineteen, and then it took uh, about a year to translate it and uh, get everything ready for for publishing in in the rest of the world in English. So so then, uh, and a year later, it came and it's uh, available now on Amazon and 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 Apple Books. And I did an audio version of it myself why in my little crypt here i actually recorded the book as an audiobook which was kind of a project because when you can only see one word at a time uh, it's it's a little interesting when you read a sentence and it say uh, uh, get out of here he whispered and you oh okay I, i'm gonna take that again <laughs> like get, get out of here he whispered so so there was a lot of editing but i did that while i was recording so so that was a fun little project but i really wanted to make the book available as as an audiobook because obviously it's about you know even you know it it, it is about becoming blind but and i probably you know suspected that a lot of blind people would or visually impaired people would be interested in it. but it's actually it the book is actually aiming at people who just want to look at themselves 
and maybe make changes to how they react to the, to 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 um, challenges and obstacles in life. But uh, yeah. yeah, and we always have challenges and obstacles in life. That's part oh of yes, we're here. And That's so a given. We can always learn from each other's walk. I remember I um I did my last book, and I, you're right. That is not for the faint of heart. It was like apparently I always say the word importantant wrong and so the editor's like you said important and wrong 131 times definitely <laughs> i just learned to pronounce important so yeah. <laughs> see i'm learning yeah. now but it is yeah you didn't even realize it. It, it's quite the exercise and it must have been so much harder for you because i can see all the words so wow yeah. bravo bravo but i think um first of all i want to do a little commercial for you and i want to say to the audience we should buy his book and we should put a review because it's really important if he gets reviews it'll help more people find the book and i think it's important in that our community supports our community so i'm definitely going to get a copy of the book and i recommend everybody doing that and the good news too you can get it on kindle and kindle will read it to you also i mean so you got a lot of different options but less support our own community. So I'd say that first, but I also, that you said something um, when you were answering Neil that I was fascinated with when you were talking about how they said, well, you know, you're legally blind and you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that, but so I really shouldn't have been able to do all this work I've been doing for all these years. Huh? But I didn't know that. Now that I know it, can I no longer do it? So that is so powerful. And like you said, this is not a book for people that are blind. I mean, certainly it's a book for people, but what it's about awakening within ourselves and your blindness is an awakening for you and yeah. you're, you're awakening to help others because we all really do need, I think we're in a big, great awakening right now, but I'm fascinated with that. And I don't know that feels like such a powerful statement. And I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind thinking and delving into that, because I think that's telling us something about our society and what we tell ourselves, because you didn't know that you weren't supposed to do it. I'm just fascinated with that piece of it. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big topic in the book. Um, when I, when I give lectures and talks, I have, have this part of the the talk where I am interrupted by a voice that is my own, but it's it's a, it's allowed. So you hear it like an epic echo that is uh, that is commenting on what I'm saying because I'm telling about um, how becoming blind wasn't even my biggest problem. And then I'm being interrupted by this voice, and it just tells me, you know, you have no business being here. You are such an idiot. Go home before people before people realize that you're just a, an imposter. You 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 can't do this. Go home. And I just I noticed when I was facing with you know all my my struggles with how to find out what can I do when I become blind. I noticed that I had an internal dialogue that was never ever cheering on me. It was always doing the opposite. So so I. I and that was due to the awakening, a sort of, it, it, that's a big word, but it was actually, I was sitting at the job center office with people around me from the municipality and from the, the blind uh, association. And, and I had this moment where I just felt that everything was just over. You know, I couldn't care less if I would continue living or not. It, it I had no point in living anymore. And then I had this uh, moment where, that feeling 
transformed into a huge relief. Like, like you know, all the identities just just totally collapsed in one second. And I just was sitting there, and I realized, oh, what, what a relief! Like, <laughs> and I I realized that you know I can still breathe. I can still here i can still and then i had this new voice in my head and 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 it said morden what do you want out of life and i just that was it that's when when i when i started this journey and i said i have to figure out how how i can you know make becoming blind a super power instead of it it being my my disadvantage so so i just uh, i said okay what can I? Well, I can tell stories. Like I'm really good at telling stories, and I'm good at coming up with stories. And I also have this ability that I can convince people of things. I can persuade people of things. Let's put that all into a blender and then see what comes out. And and the book came out, and the talks came out, and I give a lot of them now. And my declared mission is that I want to, you know, I want to inspire people to believe and to realize that we have much greater potential than we than we realize today and i'm i'm when i see the light going on in the eyes of one person in the audience when they hear that whoa it's our choice what we want to do with our life then that was it i that made my day so so i'm i am inspired by this mission that i'm that that's that's the purpose of me becoming blind to help others. That's an amazing, yeah. powerful story. Antonio? So, uh, Martin, uh, one of our um, members of our community, Molly Watt, uh, who's also a keynote speaker, and she's uh, also uh, visually impaired, uh, she sometimes refers to the fact that people don't see her disability. Uh, they see her walking to a stage, uh, and they don't see her. So how, how do you deal with that uh, in your life? I I just um, I, uh, six months ago I started using the white cane and it's uh, I, I I can probably do without it but I realized that in, I was getting more into trouble than I needed to because I didn't send a signal to people that I was you know probably not seeing you know anything of what's out there but I I you couldn't tell that because when you have RP your your body remembers how it is to act like if you can see here. No, I, I've, I've met people with RP who are totally blind and I couldn't tell that they were totally blind because they, they still know where to look and they still know, you know, often I see people who have never been able to see, they are not, they are not always, you know, thinking about what they're doing with their, with their body, with their hands and with their, because they've never seen, but when you have seen, you know all that so you can, you can almost go for being a, a, a fully sighted person. So, so, so recently I started using the white cane. So when I'm in the in a public area, I just take it take it out, stand with it, and I, uh, and it has this effect. I was standing with with a friend. I was uh, giving a, a lecture at a company, and um, I didn't have the cane. And then I took it out, and she said she could literally 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 see that people kept a greater distance between me. When they walked around me, that just—it was like it had this effect of people just disappearing from me. So, so um, and and obviously that's something I'm not so fond of because I just want to be modern. I don't want to be legally blind modern. But uh, but that, that's something I'm trying to get used to. The world to 
to just stand out and 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 be good, be okay with that. We had another guest on Morton, uh, Darren Rowan from um, Lilly Pharmaceutical, and uh, he's blind. And he said that one time he was traveling with a coworker, and the coworker said to him, "Hey, I don't know how you do it. I'd rather be dead than be blind." <laughs> and um, that's an interesting comment for a coworker to make to you. But yeah. I, uh, we just started uh, at my company, Billion Strong, an identity organization for the 1.3 billion people with disabilities and those that love us. And it is all about identity. But one thing Dr. Lamandre Pugh said to me, I'm a person with invisible disabilities. I have uh, neurodiversity issues, um, ADHD. Neil also joins me with that. And he has dyslexia too. But I have to tell people uh, you know, that I am part of the community. Uh, I'm a mother, of blah, blah, blah. But all these different identities. But what Lamandre said, he said something to me that I had not thought about because I would like the world to understand. I would like society to understand the value that we bring to the table. I mean, Morton, you're a wonderful example. You know, you set the bar super high, but, but one thing Lamandre said was, I agree, we've definitely got to do that, but I also want to convince the community that we are not broken ourselves. So the work that you did with your book, I think, is a really good way to talk about that. We're hoping you'll come and do a master class for us because we need master classes of the Mortons of the world saying, you don't need to pity me. You know, maybe just get out of my way because I've got the world to save. So I, I just wanted to, you know, make those comments and give you a chance to respond. So, yeah, I, I, I've heard that a lot, too, that people would rather die than than losing sight. I'm sure they don't mean that when they are standing with the actual choice, but, but, you know, I've heard that a lot. I've heard from, from people reaching out to me who are sort of hiding and, and not telling people what they are dealing with and suffering from. And, um, and they, they say to me that the worst thing that can happen to them is when people pity them. And, uh, and there's something about, the, um, the being proud and and then not changing who you are and all that and I, I tried to to tell them that the way that I deal with that is that if some if, if I feel pitied it is only because I allow that feeling to manifest inside of me so instead of feeling pity and maybe I will feel that for a second and then I quickly I have this technique in the book. I call it my stop swap thought game. And that's uh, the game is that you have to pay attention to what it is that you are thinking, you know, always. And every time you have a thought that is a negative thought, then I have five seconds. I, I say stop, swap thought. And then I have five seconds to change to a positive version of that. And then I can I can see something else behind the pity is actually love, care, um, vulnerability, insecurity, you know, all those things are happening outside of me in that person who, who uh, you know, who makes that statement of, well, I, I'm, I feel sorry for you. And if you take that as pity, that's your choice. But you can also say, oh, well, how wonderful that you're thinking of me. I, I see a huge big heart instead of seeing negativity in that. So so I think that that's that's I can't remember who who said it. I saw a, a TEDx talk where 
she was talking about diversity and uh, that that often you know uh, feeling excluded is also uh, something that goes on inside of you. you there are people who could react in one way and then there are people who act in another way and it's it's all it called comes back to how you interpret how you process it and what you sort of take away from it and then and, and that's a choice also so so i think um yeah dying is uh, i i will prefer prefer to to live with blindness <laughs> instead of dying but but again i i really i i know i know that uh, statement from from people yeah, I know that Antonio has a question, but and I don't know if Neil has introduced you to Vernon Sankey, who is uh, has written a book with Katie uh, Longwood, I think her Lock- last name. I'm sorry, Luckley Lockwood. and Lockwood. Thank you. And it's called The Way and they have a, a workbook and boy, their work is uh, your work would really complement their work. I would recommend you bring them together, Neil, because they probably would love to know about his work. So um, anyway, yeah, Antonio, over to you. So, Martin, you are showing us a a Lego of you uh, uh, before. So uh, how does your life experience translate into your work and to the teams that you work with? Uh, How do you see that experience reflecting in in the product design uh, 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 within your team? I think um, it's. I think it has been very difficult, actually. It's. Uh, I would love to sit here and say that that's just been a glamorous, wonderful experience, and, and that it that it had it, that it has worked smoothly. But I. I think when you are one of a kind, like I have been in my department, I think. I think people always have the best intentions in the world you know there are no people who are you know wishing that you would not succeed in 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 some way but there's so much going on that people cannot relate to because they haven't had the experience they they don't know what it is like to be partly blind when you're sitting in a group of eight and everyone are pointing in directions and posts have been put on the wall or uh, in the recent years we have been working a lot online so looking at a screen when like eight uh, mouse cursors are, are spurting around on the screen putting things up. and and that's that's difficult because because it's on me to be the one saying all the time you know I have an issue. I have a problem to to follow what's going on. And for me, it has been very difficult because I want to be independent. I want to make it. I want to be good. I want to be as good as I can. And that sometimes comes with um, admitting that now I'm lost. I I don't have a clue. But sometimes when you do, when you have that, if you sit in a group with that feeling, you have a tendency to say to yourself, wait, wait. Wait twenty seconds until you ask a question, but maybe the answer will come in a little in a little while. But then uh, it's almost like sitting in a meeting room and everyone is uh, presenting themselves with their names, and and then after twenty minutes, oh, you forgot the name of that person over there, and you you think you you passed the time where you can actually ask again uh, the, this person's name. So so I think I've had a problem with uh, you know getting getting comfortable in 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 the group i'm sure i could actually 
be used much more than I'm actually being used now in in exploring how can communication be crafted with no vision, for instance. How how do you com- communicate something if you can't see? It takes someone who can't see to figure that out. <laughs> you yeah. have to be blindfolded for a week or two and even longer to kind of have to grasp the idea of not being able to able to see. And um, yeah, so it hasn't been easy, I, I must admit. So, so uh, no, I, I, I can appreciate, especially as we move from those sort of physical designs and in-person workshops to being online and like you say everybody trying to do stuff on a Miro board or whatever and, and, and yeah. it, it flying about it's also quite cognitively inaccessible so um so, so the, there are challenges I fully agree with you that, that, that it's also additionally um tiring to be the one going hey you, you you've got to stop what you're doing because you're excluding me and and yeah it's much easier to speak on behalf of other people than it is to speak on behalf of yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's easy for me to say, guys, you need to stop doing that because Morton can't see than it is for me to put my hand up and say, actually you're excluding me right now. Um, Yeah. So, so, so so those are things that I think we all find um, takes some, some additional energy. Um, At the same time, I, I think, you've had some input into helping um, make some changes and raise awareness through some of the things like, uh, can you tell us a bit about the Braille Lego bricks, for example? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's just a, a wonderful project that I was invited into. It's, uh, I just, I just prepared this little, oh, uh, there, I think, yep. if you can, if you can yep. see what, what it says. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's just an amazing project that I was. Um, it, it was actually quite late in the process. I was invited in. It was, um, you know, the project is of course, as you can see, you know, transforming uh, two by four Lego bricks into Braille uh, letters. Which is amazing. And, um, yeah, and that's that, that's pretty amazing. It's a it's a philanthropical project in the Lego Foundation, and uh, you you can't purchase them, but they are given for free to uh, to children who are visually impaired, and um, and 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 just to you know teach children Braille in a playful way. It it's a uh, it's I've I've seen children play you know visually impaired and blind children uh play with um with the the braille bricks and it was so heartwarming to see how that was so much fun you know compared to the machines that they were typing on and who who made the braille letters here there was a there was a there was a playful way to learn the code uh because you know that that the texture the actually feeling the, the small braille letters that's obviously not what you get from the braille bricks but but learning the code in a, in a playful way was uh, was really 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 wonderful to see. So so I was invited mostly as a consultant on um, into the project to share my insights and in how is it actually to to be you know be challenged by vision vision loss and uh, 
So, so that was just a, a wonderful project to be be involved in. And I love how your um, all the identity projects, the the little characters in wheelchairs and and with canes, and uh, I love Legos. Uh, I, if I didn't love them before, I love how you're including all of us. You're such a role model there. So compliments. Yeah. So, so um, of course, Lego started off as yeah, as a concept around play and that. And, and I think that this is one of the things that I love about um, the Scandinavian attitude to life, not just the Danish attitude, but 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 that play is part of learning and it's it's valued in a way that I think that it's not valued in lots of other parts of the world. Sure. And um, you know, Lego's been famous for having this concept of of serious play. Yeah. yeah. So um, how do you think we could take something like serious play? and adapt the the concepts to help spread the ideas about disability inclusion can we can we um can we take some of the 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 learnings and and the methodology and use that to to help people understand both the, the 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 challenges that people face but also you know still extract and 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 visualize the potential Oh, that was a tough one. I think if I just, you know, what I go with what my gut tells me to say right now. I think there, I think serious play is a very, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful way to be brave in, in, in matters that are, you know, not often playful. So now, if you have a, have a problem to solve in, in a company or in a, in a group or in a team. Sometimes it can be difficult to just talk about that. But if you can play around the problem instead of so coming up with ideas that you can actually build that is solving a very tangible problem is is a way to bypass that barrier of fear of, you know, admitting something or being too personal about something. But you can actually express yourself through uh, Lego bricks. And I think maybe when I think about it uh, in uh, the context of disability, I think there could be some in there as well to to look at, uh, or maybe there already is being looked at, at that. But 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 using bricks as sort of a medium to to express what is difficult to express, I think that could be uh, that could be um, something interesting. And again, because it's 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 a it's a play. It's you know it's a playful environment. We are playing. It's not serious right now, even though it's called serious play. But but mm-hmm. it, it, we are just you know playing now, and it's it's allowed to make mistakes and to express yourself through bricks. It's harmless in a way, but you still have a, 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 a you know a, a a way to express something that may be difficult to to talk about or to bring up in the team. I think that was just a very, very improvised answer. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine because I mean I put you on the spot. Um, but I, but I think that often the issues around disability are things that people feel uncomfortable talking about. Yes, yes, and, and that therefore taking it out of the serious business environment, the the 
the sort of finger wagging, you've done something wrong or you're not performing or it's a legal requirement environment into one where it's a let's creatively look at the challenges and solve problems could have quite quite some positive impact. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the I think the mindset behind it is is uh, is interesting. Sometimes I think you know e- even me working at the Lego Group, building with Lego bricks all the time. Sometimes I can I can be challenged when someone you know can you can you build what you just said? I said how the how the heck am I going to do that? Like, but it, it is challenging your way to to approach problems in a in a in a in a in a, in a, a more hands-on way in, than than talking and 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 thinking and writing. You build something, and maybe it's a very abstract uh, construction you are creating, but it has a meaning. It comes from somewhere, and you can somehow express something that you maybe didn't. Uh, that you didn't, you, that you weren't able to do with words or or letters or, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, there's there's something for us to explore over time for, for, for sure. Um, so I think we're pretty much close up on our, on our time. So I need to thank the people that keep us on air, uh, that help us stay captioned and accessible. So... Barclays Access, Microlink, and my clear text. Um, I'm really looking forward to a vibrant discussion on Twitter on, on Tuesday night, Tuesday afternoon for you, Deborah. Middle of the night in India. Because um, <laughs> we, we were getting some complaints, some slight gripes. I never get to play because it's always at the same time. Thank you, Morton. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we speak. So I'm really looking not. forward to... Um, to Tuesday and uh, a, a great discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.